Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Today's sermon topic is a father's heart. Uh, And I think it's great because when you think about a father's heart, it should start with love and compassion. But today it may seem a little dark because we're going to go into Genesis. And you may be thinking, Mike, why in the world would you talk about this on Father's Day? So we're going to be in Genesis 22. It's not your normal Father's Day sermon of feel good. But you may feel this way about your kids sometimes. (laughs) But hopefully not. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read verses 1 through 19. Abraham's confronted at this point with the... um, with the fact that he is called to do something extraordinary. So we're going to open up and read God's word. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I should tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, 
And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he took his hand and the fire <coughs> and the knife. So they both went of the, so they both went together. And Isaac said to him, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went together. And when they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day on that mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And he said, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven, as the sand of the seashore, and of your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in your offspring shall the nations of all the earth be blessed because you obeyed my voice. You might be asking yourself this morning, what a Father's Day scripture. But I see an amazing look into a fatherly, loving relationship we as dads should aspire for. When you look at the relationship of Abraham and Isaac and Abraham and God the Father. As a father, I, 
I read this passage and it's a hard pill to swallow. But the act of obedience in Abraham is one to be admired. And one that I would like to model as a father. Abraham to finally be given the son he was promised by God the Father. From his wife he loved Sarah. And now God to ask him, take your only son whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. I think it's, there are times as, as men are, are confronted with these challenging times in our lives. We may not always get it right. Abraham definitely didn't always get it right. But at this season in Abraham's life, you can see a maturity has happened over time. His son Isaac wasn't a little boy. It said that he is likely almost in his 20s at this point. So imagine this old gentleman saying, come on, son, hop on the altar. I'm going to bind you. But I think in this picture, we see a season in Abraham's life where he is showing faith for his son. He's living out that faith. Hebrews reminds us in chapter 11, it says, By faith, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his son and of whom it is said, Thou, through Isaac, shall your offspring be named. What, what a major conflict in your heart and your mind, knowing this is where my legacy is going to come from, but God's asking me to sacrifice him. We can also see in this passage the trust that Abraham has and knowing that God's gonna provide. We don't always make the best choices as men, as dads, as granddads. But I think as many times as dads, our kids, our children, our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren would have a heart, a father's heart, seen in them and know that this man walks by faith. Abraham rises early in the morning and gets up and does what the Lord asked him, which is trust and obey. So a father's heart's got to be trusted at this point. I think if you continue looking at the story in Genesis, you see that Isaac also trusts his father. When he asked his father, he said, my father, and he says, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb? Where's the offering? 
What level of trust Isaac must have had in Abraham at that moment. I think when we think about trust, when we think about the scriptures, when we think about our hearts, Jeremiah tells us in chapter 17, the heart is, a, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind and give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Jeremiah reminds us our hearts are deceitful, so we must be guided by the Holy Spirit. So we need our faith to be grounded in Jesus Christ so we can lead our homes and our hearts being that of a loving father. Only God can understand the heart because he created it. He helps us love and lead well as men. Abraham trusts God in the whole process because they get to a place in their walk to the point where he's able to build an altar, bind his son, lift a knife. But God steps in like a loving father at that moment, seeing and knowing Abraham's heart and trust was completely in knowing God knows what's best for his life. God calls out to Abraham and he responds, here I am. I think as men, as fathers, as grandfathers, as great-grandfathers, Our heart should always be with our Heavenly Father. Here I am. He says, don't lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I now know you fear God. And seeing you have not withheld your only son from me. Next, if you continue in the story and listening, you you see the sacrifice for the burnt offering. The Lord will provide. In this passage, we find a father-son relationship like most dads want with all their children. That level of trust. God is not only teaching Abraham to trust God the Father, but he's teaching Isaac to trust his dad. I believe this is just a foreshadowing of what Jesus does for us. His trust in the Father's plan for salvation for all his children one day in giving up his son so that we would all be blessed 
through his son. Just as Abraham and Isaac's act of obedience brought blessing. We see in Jesus' prayer, at his moment of anguish, his prayer is, as he drops to his knees and he prays, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, I will. But as you will. Even when we think we can't go any further as men, as dads, to be stretched anymore, God provides the power through the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians, do you not know that you're God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? I think Jesus is a perfect example in that moment that his power and strength is limited without the power of the Holy Spirit working through his life because he gave up heaven and walked as a man, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. I think in that example, looking at Abraham and Isaac and looking at Jesus, this foreshadowing that we see here in Genesis is that a father has to be willing to sacrifice. Romans tells us, uh, the Apostle Paul, he says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how how will he not? Also, with him graciously, give us all things. I think if you're a dad this morning, you, it, it should warm your heart when your kid runs up to you and says, Daddy, can you help me with this? Daddy, can, can I get this? And your heart be, sure, let me get that for you. I think that this morning and the good news this morning is that we don't have to do what Abraham did. Because our Heavenly Father did it for us. He gave His only Son to sacrifice for us. The Bible tells us there's no remission of sins. There's no forgiveness without the spilling of blood. We need Jesus' perfect blood to be spilt as the sacrifice that allows us to be made alive in Christ. We become men And lead our families well when Christ is our head. When Christ is our supreme authority. When we are led by his spirit. After Abraham's act of obedience, we see a blessing on Abraham's life and legacy. The Lord tells him, because he hasn't withheld his only son from him, 
I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring. As the stars of the heavens and as the sea, sand of the seashores. I think this is a great reminder that God is a God of blessing. And as fathers, we should be a blessing. If you look early on in Abraham's life in Genesis 12, we read that now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who are with you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And, I, and in your, all your families of the earth shall be blessed. Our Father's heart is to bless us as he did in Abraham's life. So as men and fathers are called to be a blessing to our families, to our communities, to our church, to our work, modeling Jesus and our Heavenly Father. I don't think we can go away from this story without seeing the fathers are relational with their Savior. In John chapter 17, it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Abraham obviously at this point in his life had a deep relationship with God the Father. At this season, his life, he was walking out faith. He was walking out trust and obedience and sacrifice. He was relational with God the Father and relational with his son, Isaac to the deepest level of trust with his life. As does Jesus model this with his relationship with his father. Shows us that in our deepest despair as men, our deepest struggles every day, we can come to him and trust him and lay our burdens at his feet and trust his will for our lives. So let's get real this morning. If you haven't felt that we're deep yet. Jesus asked the cup to be passed from him at the darkest moment. But he says, not my will, but your will. Also the same for Abraham at this moment. With the knife in his hand above his son. That's the type of relationship our God wants with us. Our Heavenly Father wants for us. 
and we should aspire to with our sons and our daughters. So at this point, I'll try not to get us canceled off Facebook. I believe our Heavenly Father defines our role as fathers. I found this quote by Nancy Lee DeMoss. And it says, God our Father, and He alone defines what true fatherhood means. How tragic and how foolish and how very arrogant of us to shy away from the name because some human males are poor examples of fatherhood or because our culture regards a God named Father as oppressive or patriarchal. I believe Nancy nails it right on the head with that statement about our culture and the state we're in. We as men, as fathers, as grandfathers should be defined by what our heavenly father says we are. If any of you men have ever come to a men's breakfast, I'm notorious for telling stories, so I want to end with this story. I love music. My wife knows it. I love singing worship songs over and over and over and over again to the point where, I'm sorry, I embarrass her, <laughs> um, that they get kind of old in my car and we got to change that. But me and my son loved this movie um, and this song together. It's called I Can Only Imagine. You've probably heard it over the years. Uh, even if you aren't a Christian, you've probably heard it on secular radio. But I'm not sure if you've heard the story of Bart Millard. So I want to share that with you this morning. Because behind that story is a lot of problems and pain. He writes a lot of contemporary Christian music, and a lot of it makes it to the top. Turn on CCM, K-Love, and you'll hear that song. The early 2000 era hit, I can only imagine, is the exceptional in, in that while it's no exception, the positive praise genre, it's based on the life of a songwriter, Bart Millard. The song's popularity had hardly waned in the last decade, so no wonder is eager anticipation. In a recent interview, Bart spoke of how his father, Arthur, was a football-loving guy. He had been a star in high school who became an abusive alcoholic after a bad work accident left him with a changed personality after he recovered physically. By the time he was 10, Bart's mother had fled, leaving him and his brother behind to bear his dad's temper. And it was a bad one. He said he beat me three or four times a week. When he was eight or nine, he remembers 
He beat him so bad he couldn't wear clothes for two days or go to school. I thought, it, I thought he was going to kill me, he said. But it wasn't the worst he had ever gotten. That one came a couple years later. It changed Miller's dad. Hours later, he came to Miller's room. And instead of yelling at him, he started crying. Flipping on the lights, he saw what he had done to his son. And he broke down in tears. Bart said it was the first time he saw his dad cry. Arthur at that point sent Bart to his mom after that, afraid of what he might do to the boy. But it didn't last. Bart missed his dad, always craving his love, came back home to live with him again. Though his dad, though his dad never beat him again, their relationship was strained. Bart never felt he was good enough for his dad. Football is still his dad's first love because Bart's dream. In high school, he, he too was a star until one terrible night on the field, he broke his ankles and, took, and it took him out of the game. At loose end, Bart joined the school choir because he had to have an elective, and he found a new dream, music. Eventually, he started to go to a local church and found a new father, one whom loved him unconditionally. But Bart didn't give up on his earthly dad either, and in a twist of fate is the stuff that hit songs and movies are made of. Bart's dad found Christ, and he and Bart became close, but only when Arthur was already dying of cancer. Sad as he was at his dad's illness, Bart wondered at the change in him. He finally had the dad he always wanted. Bart's thoughts. If the gospel could change that guy, the gospel could change anyone. And it didn't just change Arthur's presence, it changed his eternity. At his gra gravesite, Bart's grandmother, who had, had strong faith in Christ, and said to her son, I can only imagine what Bubba sing right now. Those words stuck with Bart for years until one day they became song lyrics. Until one day they hit the airwaves. Until one day they became a hit song that touched millions at just the right time. The moment that funded Bart's dad had set up to keep his son afloat while he pursued his son's music dream. So what do we do, men? 
Some of us may not have messed up as bad as Bart's dad did. But I think you can't walk away this morning without asking yourself that same question that Bart said. If the gospel can change that man, it can change any man. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. But as they're coming, I want to reflect back on some of the topics we talked about. A father's heart is faithful, is trusting, a blessing, sacrificial, relational, and defined by God, our Father. As we sing this last song, I want you to think about the, the words. Think about those attributes and our desire to live those out as men. Even if you're not a father, our desire should be to be faithful. We talked about on Friday night where Jesus gave the parable of the talents. And the Father's heart is one day to welcome you in and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.